This is a Federal News Network podcast. The intelligence community is looking for what it calls tools and technologies for rapid capabilities against the pandemic. And it's calling on industry and academia for proposals. Promising ones will get seedling awards to develop them further. Here with details, the Deputy Director of Research at the Intelligence Advanced Research Projects Activity, Dr. Catherine Cotell. Dr. Cotell, good to have you on. Good morning, Tom. Thank you for inviting me, and thank you for your interest in IARPA's research. Now, these are called seedling awards, and I think of seeds as coming before seedlings. So it sounds like you're looking for ideas that may already have germinated a little bit somewhere? That's exactly right, but they're not full-fledged programs, which is what IARPA typically invests in. We use the word seedling as an opportunity to grow an idea into perhaps a later full-fledged longer-term program. In fact, one of my former colleagues used to use the analogy that with a seedling, we try to move disbelief to doubt. So seedlings are very high risk. And once we get to the doubt phase, we may make further investments later. Got it. And when I think of awarding grants to develop responses to coronavirus and the pandemic, we've talked to the NIH has programs doing this, a couple of their institutes. What is going on in the intelligence community that would cause it to want to enter into this whole battle? What's the angle from the IC? Well, let me first start by describing IARPA and the kind of work that we do, and then I'll give you a good example, I think, of the kind of impact that IARPA can have. So IARPA is an organization that was stood up in 2006 as an independent organization under the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. And like the ODNI, our mission is to work across all of the agencies in the intelligence community. We invest in high-risk, high-payoff R&D projects that are designed to deliver an overwhelming intelligence advantage to the United States in the future. The example that I'm talking about is one of our programs that is known as Meglin. And the Meglin program was designed to provide sensors that will be able to detect indicators of illicit activities such as manufacture of weapons of mass destruction or narcotics. The performer of the research on the Meglin program was developing a small portable gas sensor. And in some parallel work that he was doing, he was investigating that sensor as a breath analyzer for the detection of diseases such as asthma. Knowing that acute respiratory distress syndrome is a life-threatening complication of COVID-19, in April, we were very quickly able to pivot some of his research to add a clinical trial using that portable sensor to detect signs of ARDS. And just last week, we got some very preliminary results that do indicate there is a difference between healthy patients and COVID-19 patients visible in the output of the sensor. And in fact, that the sensor can track the trajectory of that ARDS over time. So we may have a new diagnostic in the works. And that's quite a bridge to make then from detecting, say, illicit activity with respect to firearms or explosives over to what people are breathing. And let me ask this, does this particular sensor, is it able to sense the problem of respiratory illness, perhaps before the person is aware of it or before they become a heavy breather? That's the idea, is to be able to use this small portable device that can be carried into a hospital room, for example, where somebody who has been diagnosed already may be staying, and detect them, use the breath analyzer, and detect signs of this complication earlier than would be noticeable with actual clinical symptoms. 
Now, you've got an announcement, though, for any and all comers for possible grants under the Seedlings program. So tell us about the larger program here. So we did recently publish a broad area announcement, and broad area announcements are the way by which IARPA solicits research ideas. We're very committed to the concept of full and open competition in both our solicitation and our selection of the projects that we fund. And the BAA is the way that we let the public know about the topics that are of interest to us. I will say that we are not like uh, NSF or NIH in the sense that we don't typically do this work under grants, but rather under research procurement contracts. Got it. We're speaking with Dr. Catherine Cotell. She's Deputy Director of Research at the Intelligence Advanced Research Projects Activity. And so you are looking, I said early on, industry and academia. Was I accurate in saying you're looking for any and all comers that might have ideas to rapid response against the pandemic? Absolutely. And that's why we use the broad area announcement mechanism. Our research performers range from academics, universities, small businesses, large businesses, nonprofit research organizations, and we have international partners on many of our programs. And what's the mechanism by which you make sure that you're not, say, duplicating work that could be done at other reach outs, such as from the NIH? Well, as I mentioned, we are part of the intelligence community, and so we're in very regular contact with all the other agencies in the intelligence community. We're also part of the larger R&D community with other government agencies, so we do communicate with them regularly. And, in fact, this particular BAA specifically asks the proposers to identify whether they have submitted their proposals to another agency, and that will allow us to come in contact with those agencies, determine if we have aligned missions and objectives, and also make sure that we're not funding the same idea twice. Got it. Because I know, say, there are federal statistical agencies, many of them, and they have kind of an overarching agreement, maybe not even an agreement, but an understanding of their own existence, and they have kind of a council. Is that also true in the research area of government? There are certainly both formal and informal collaborations and communication venues by which members of the intelligence community, research and development community, sub-community, interact with the the larger community. And of course, being in in the Washington, D.C. area, that's a very easy thing to do in person. Sure. And getting back to this particular broad agency announcement, what is the status of it? What are the deadlines and what are some of the timelines ahead that you're looking at? Well, the broad area announcement was published as of June 6th. We started to accept proposals. Uh, We're going to do the proposal reviews in rounds. And so the first round will close on July 7th. And so at that point, we will have a panel of reviewers who are subject matter experts at IARPA in the particular topic areas, review the proposals, and determine which ones should be selected for award. The BAA itself is open until uh, May 20th of 2021. My expectation is, however, that we may not have funding available to support projects that may be submitted at the later end of that scope. And was the funding for this part of the CARES Act or part of the Congressional Pandemic Response, or did you have those funds already? IARPA does historically invest in seedling-type programs, and so this funding came from our seedling allocations. And do you have any anticipation of the types of projects that you might be seeing coming in yet? 
Well, the BAA does actually specify the areas that are of greatest interest to us, and these include detection and sensing. Um, the Megalin Project is a good example of a dual use of sensor that we had invested in for non-medical reasons initially. We're also interested in uh, ideas in the area of supply chain management. Anyone who's been to a supermarket in the last couple of months is acutely aware of issues of that kind that have broad impact. We're interested in geospatial temporal monitoring and mapping with privacy protection. Uh, we're also interested in the reliability of information and collaboration tools that will allow people to share information. And, of course, predictive analytics, modeling, and simulation. And we described an issue where there was convergence between a non-health-related issue and a health-related one. I wonder if what you get in under this announcement might bridge the other way into other intelligence interests. Oh, we would hope so. As I say, the whole point of a seedling is, in fact, to try to grow an idea into one of our longer-term, larger-scope programs. So, yes, in fact, if, if we get an idea that proves itself out, we will certainly want to pursue it in the form of a longer program. Dr. Catherine Cotell is Deputy Director of Research at the Intelligence Advanced Research Projects Activity. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you, Tom. It's been a pleasure. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive, along with a link to that announcement. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. When you think about something that brings out the best in us, it usually involves helping someone else. By donating plasma at a Griffel Center, you can help save millions of lives and show your good side to the world. You'll join thousands of people who donate safely each week, so patients get the plasma-derived medicines they rely on. And you'll be rewarded up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com. This episode is brought to you by Zelle. Whenever you're sending money through an app or online, it's important to do it safely. Here are a few helpful tips. First, always make sure you know and trust the person you are sending money to. Second, confirm you have entered their contact details correctly. And finally, if you don't trust the person or your recipient is rushing you to send money right away, think twice before sending money through an app or online.